0: Hey guys, so uh, these are the ads, I try to make them as enjoyable as possible. So right now, just in terms of who we work with, so we do work with a company called OVOU Smart Cards and what they do essentially is that they have one business card that has all the business information you want and it acts like a regular business card. And let's be real here, who actually gives out those physical business cards and leaves a lasting impression? I usually just throw them out anyways after I just see them because I don't ever use them. But with the OVOU smart cards, what they do is it it's one single card, tap it onto a person's phone that uploads all the business information you want, gives a lasting impression and it also really just gets rid of the inconvenience of just carrying multiple cards. So right now I've partnered up with them to help my listeners earn a discount off the card. All you got to do is enter the discount code jo 10 at ovou.com. That's ovou.com to get $10 off the card. Also brought to you by one of the other companies we are working with is called Bottom Board Leadership Training. Now, for those who don't know, I've actually um, had Gordon Newell on the podcast a couple of times, and he's a super credible individual, former military ICF leadership coach, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So right now, I've partnered up with them to help my listeners just Get a secure free online workshop. Who doesn't want to better their life? So, I mean, I'm that's assuming why you want to listen to this podcast. So, right now, all you got to do is just go to bondborn.com and enter the discount code EARNIT, that's E A R N I T, all lowercase letters, to get yourself a free online workshop. Lastly, also just helping a buddy's business out here is Miguel Bautista Media. Now, I've known this dude since high school. He has produced about a thousand plus videos. He's worked with multiple companies and he's no, know, he knows what he's doing when making videos. So right now I recommend you just go check out his Instagram, Bautista media. If your business needs videos, cause let's be real here. If you're online, if you want to make any sort of presence, you need high quality videos. If you need help with that, Bautista media is the man to go to his description will be in the podcast notes below. All right, Licky. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, man. How are you doing, by the way, man?
1: Really well, really well. I appreciate uh, you having me on board as well.
0: Yeah. So the reason why I brought you on, because I see something in the back corner over there. It's uh, Death by BS. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So first of all, say congrats on writing your book, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's uh, Like I said earlier, it's uh, been a bit of a whirlwind the last couple of weeks, uh, launching the book didn't realize the impact that
0: it would have had uh, when it first came out. So I'm really enjoying the journey. Yeah, so just out of curiosity, like, how did you just start writing this book, though? Like, There must have been something in your life that kind of sparked you to, to write this book, right? Well, interesting.
1: Uh, many years ago, my cousin told me, you should write a book about your journey. I go, who's going to care about my life? Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. I'm nobody, right? And then uh, over the last few years, I started talking around blind spots. And the conversation got deeper and um, last year I uh, partnered up with a gentleman out of Arizona and we launched a blind spot assessment and our team's work that we're doing and the coaches that we have under a blind spot technology has been growing really well. But I needed to get this information out somehow and I wanted people to understand why I speak about blind spots. when I go speak in front of keynotes, I, you know, I have maybe an hour. When I do workshops, I have four hours. So I can't really tell my, all of my stories. Yeah. So I've been collecting all my stories over the last few years and i put them into this book and sharing the journey that I've taken to become a little bit more self-aware, understand what my own, well, it says BS, and really is what my own BS was and why I was the way I was. And I started overcoming some of those things, started becoming aware of
0: some of my own blind spots so what do you mean by blind spots though because like um the way because the, the way that you know i think about it is blind spots in a car where i'm just trying to switch lanes you can't see the car behind you right that's exactly it so and i'm glad you use that analogy
1: i i open with that analogy i go when we're driving we're checking our blind spots every time We yeah. don't want to get hit but in our lives we're afraid to even ask what our blind spots are blind spots are things that others can see about us and we can't see through ourselves until we start becoming aware to look for them. Okay, so give us an example of that, if you don't sure. mind. Yeah. Let me ask. Okay, so there, a couple of years ago, I asked my inner circle yep. one key question. Mm-hmm. That was, how do I show up when I walk into a room? And they kind of chuckled. They go, you sure you want to know this? I go, yeah, I do. And they go, well, you show up as a pompous ass. <laughs> oh, my God. And I go, okay, tell me more about that. I didn't discount it. I didn't start deflecting it. I wanted to know more. So I said, tell me more. They go, listen, Licky, you know, you, you dress really well. Again, right now, this, this is COVID attire, this T-shirt right now. But usually I'm dressed up, right? And I walk into a room and I'm not smiling. Now, tell me, Joe, am I smiling right now? I uh, No, not really. Okay, so see, and I think I am smiling. Oh, so, yeah. when you're all dressed up you walk into a room and you're not smiling you look like a pompous ass you feel like you want to own the room and i didn't know that yeah so that was a big eye opener so how i perceived the room to see me
0: was totally opposite of what the room saw me as okay that's a huge blind spot interesting okay so so basically it's it's that perception of yourself right it's like saying hey look I'm this confident person, but in reality, I'm just this pompous asshole, right? Is that, is that kind of where it's leading to? Well,
1: that's, you know, it, it's, so now the interesting part is, okay, yeah. so if somebody thought that I was pompous,
0: yeah, when
1: I walked into a networking environment, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't approach me. And if I approached them, mm-hmm. they already had this guard up. Okay. About he's pompous, why do I want to talk to him? Mm-hmm. So imagine your first impression makes such a big difference. Okay. But now that I'm aware of that, I walk into a room all smiles. And yeah. And you know what? It's such a nicer room now. Is it? Okay. And even during COVID, it's a nicer room. Because mm-hmm. even in the Zoom environment, people just drop their guards. They don't have to think that I'm pompous.
0: Because once they think that
1: that's the way I show up, that's the way they treat me.
0: Mm-hmm. So then it drops. Interesting. Okay. So, but then in order to recognize that, you kind of have to ask people first, like, what do you yeah. think of me?
1: Well, it's up to you. Do you okay. want to know? So my next question I ask leaders or individuals is, will you ask that question to your inner circle?
0: Ooh, that's and tough. So,
1: and if so, will you listen and do something about it?
0: Ooh, that's tough, man. Because, like, there's a sense of credibility where, like, for example, let's say I ask my inner circle, like, what do you think of me? But then I can totally discount that information because I can just think I'm right. I'm like, "God, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't really know me. Is there sure. some sort of you kind can of...
1: You choose to do that or yeah. you could choose to say, I'm being open and I want to ask because I really want to know. Okay. That's when life changes. When okay. You really want to know. Now, we're, we're talking about a really small one question out of hundreds and thousands of questions you could ask, right? Mm-hmm. I always say the easiest one's the—that's the—that's the best one. Don't ask your partner this, though. Don't ask your partner what they think of you because that's a different conversation totally. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get into blind into divorce court and that kind of stuff in this uh, podcast, but that really is a different conversation. But mm. honestly, uh, Joseph, you know, it's, it really is interesting. People uh, perceive that they show up a certain way; they perceive the world in a certain way because of the past behaviors. Okay. Right? You, you, you can probably think about a handful of friends right now that you've got or a handful of colleagues that you have right now that have this aura of, I'm always right. Um, or they don't think they're good enough. You, you think that they need some help. Um, we're, we're always easy to label others. Mm-hmm. But think about why are we doing that? Why are we labeling others when we should be looking at ourselves First.
0: I guess my answer to that question is: Wouldn't it just be easier to like label someone so you can kind of have a preconceived notion of who they are, then kind of just talk to them and treat them accordingly?
1: How do you know that's who they are? So if yeah. people label me as pompous ass, mm-hmm. but I really wasn't, that's a totally wrong label. Yeah, I would rather somebody come and tell me, "Hey, looky, you know, you, when you I know you sort of, but when you walk in, this is what happens." Is that the way you want to be known?
0: Yeah, I, I would see. Have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess we should just be asking more questions about someone else rather than just assuming who they are. Right.
1: Yeah. But if, do, do you want to do, you, the question is, yeah. do you want to know more about yourself? Do you yeah. want to know how you're perceived? Do you <laughs> want to know what people, what blind spots you have?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Question. Yeah. That, I mean, the thing is I would love to know, but at the same time I'm also kind of scared to hear what people would say about me. <laughs> you know? Well, Hey, what are you, what are you scared of? Just my, here's my, my own personal opinion in terms of what I'm scared of is what if I'm not someone that I am to be honest so like like what if I come off as this charismatic person but instead I'm just this asshole right that asks me one too many questions and that would probably just ruin my own personal image of myself and that would allow me to kind of rethink and revalue how I approach things
1: Do you think that's who you are?
0: Oh good question I don't know I mean I like to think I'm just a charismatic person but I don't really know
1: Okay, so um, I think you come across very charismatic. You're very oh, open, you. very welcoming. Yeah. And I've only known you for twelve minutes. <laughs> thank you. Right, and your first impressions are very genuine. Mm-hmm. But now, as you start saying some of those things, there's a few limiting beliefs that showed up for me when you started talking about. Mm-hmm. What if I'm not known as? A, what if I'm known as as an asshole? What if I'm known this? And now there's that protection mechanism showing up. Mm-hmm. Then I would ask you, Joe. Think about why are you trying to protect yourself? What are you protecting yourself from?
0: Oh, that's a good question, man. Joe, what am I protecting? I I guess on the on the chance that I'm not one of those things, you know, like uh, like I guess on the off chance that I could be wrong about how I evaluate myself, because it's it's hard. I guess it's hard to place an absolute to kind of like perception of who I am, to be honest. Okay. Yeah.
1: Perfect. So. Let's talk about authenticity. Yes. Okay. If you wake up and be who you naturally are without having to please anybody, without having to be somebody for somebody else, mm-hmm. who are you?
0: I guess I'm just Joseph. Joseph
1: behaves and acts like what?
0: Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I guess I act, you know, always thinking that the class is half full, kind of positive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why only half full? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, because I know there are some negatives, but I'd rather just choose to look at the positives and just kind of carry on with my life.
1: Yeah, good. So we as human beings have a hard time being authentic to ourselves because we're trying to please others, you know, mm-hmm. keep up with the Joneses, yeah, uh, trying to be somebody we're not. Mm-hmm. And dude, I lived that life for, well, I'm 54 years old now. Mm-hmm. I would say I've been on this journey for the last seven or eight years. So definitely for the first four years of my life, I lived a life of trying to please others
0: oh explain that trying to
1: show up as somebody who i really wasn't even though i was being authentic to myself i'm very caring i care about others but there was a hidden agenda that i had which is protecting protecting myself Mm -hmm. trying to be this leader that didn't trust trying to be a leader that didn't appreciate others, didn't appreciate myself, didn't acknowledge mm-hmm. myself. So when you have these skill, these uh, limiting beliefs or saboteurs in you, you're not authentically yourself right now. Okay. So imagine going into an environment when you don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. If you're a leader and you don't trust your team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you're married, you don't trust your spouse. Yeah. If you're, mar- if you're in a relationship, you don't trust your partner. Mm-hmm. You don't trust your friends. You think your friends are out to get you. You think they're using you. Yeah. These are all things that come into play when you're not yourself and you don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. I had a real hard time trusting people. Okay. But it comes from a past behavior. Remember, blind spots are all the misinterpretations of our perceptions
0: mm-hmm.
1: where the blind spots lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll say that again. It's a misinterpretation of our perception where the blind spots lie. So we have a perception of something, but we've misinterpreted that perception.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now we're behaving ourselves that way. And now we don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, scarcity mindset.
0: Okay, let's talk about that.
1: Okay. Do you know anybody who has a scarcity mindset? I do, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now do you blame them for that? No, not at all. Okay. Do you judge them for that?
0: No, not really.
1: Are you being authentic? Am
0: I being real? Yeah, because I mean I because I, I still have I still kinda in a sense do you have that mindset, that scarcity mindset to be honest?
1: Yeah, so you've got it as well, right? Yeah. Okay now it came from a past experience mm-hmm. it didn't come from a book it came from a past experience yeah nobody told you joseph you have to be scarcity mm-hmm. somebody behaved in a certain way to cause this so i use a small analogy and i think about that 10 year old kid was given two dollars for allowance by the parents and the kid took that two dollars and went over to 7-eleven and bought some gum yeah he comes home and he's excited to show that gum. And all of a sudden, the dad goes, what? You spent $2 on that gum? <laughs> and that was it. Mm-hmm. Scarcity mindset started.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, You yeah, bring this up. Because when I was about six years old, me and my family of four were actually homeless for about two months. So that kind of really impacted the way that we saw money. Because for us, every dollar at that point mattered to us. And even just kind of growing up and kind of going through this, like, spending money on certain things, it's, it, we, we kind of triple think, triple think, triple check everything. Like, is it even worth it? Can I pay this? Do I really want to do this? And even just putting money into this own business, which is for me, it's kind of a struggle. It's like, can I justify this purchase? And I'll find a million things to say, no, you don't, don't need to do this purchase. So I've kind of always been growing up because for me, money is super scarce. Like that's kind of my mindset right now. And, we can t- and I guess you can talk about kind of abundance mindset as well but that's just kind of the way i see it right now
1: yeah but just the, the scarcity mindset there's yeah. a reason for it there's behavior for it just be aware of it,
0: that's mm-hmm.
1: it. nobody's asking you to change anything from it mm-hmm. Just be aware that that's your your behavior today or mm-hmm. your actions today are caused from a perception from the past yeah now how you behave and react to today is on you it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. you can still have a scarcity mindset it doesn't matter yeah but just be aware that's what's happening
0: so that's the key is to be aware, right? Be
1: aware. That's it. So the next question I'm going to ask you or your audience is, when you're driving and somebody cuts you off, yeah. what's your first reaction?
0: I want to beat this guy up. I'm like, are you joking me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: But what if that person was late, was running behind, his wife was pregnant and being taken to the hospital mm-hmm. and they had to run. Did you know that? Not at all you just cared about your behavior and your anger, how to manage that situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what if you pulled out of the car and got angry at this gentleman and that guy's going, dude, I gotta, I gotta get to the hospital. How would you have felt at that point?
0: I would feel really bad, like really, really bad.
1: So the question I have is what's triggering that anger? It's not that moment. Oh. It's from before that's triggered that anger. I see. It's a past experience that's triggered that anger. Okay. Now, being aware, that's your behavior all the time. Different story. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this happened to me just little, literally a few weeks ago. You know those uh, water coolers in the fridge? Yeah. And when you put a new f- filter in, mm-hmm. the first time the water spurts because there's air built in there, right? Yeah. So somebody in my household, I won't mention who it was, changed the filter, but didn't bleed the water. So I go with my glass and I put the water in, I'm dressed up, I put my glass underneath the thing and all of a sudden water's all over me. Oh, and I'm going ah! And then that's all I said. But then I said, she didn't do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. She didn't. But that's because the muscle memory I've been building of removing that first reaction to the empathetic reaction.
0: okay. So let's talk about that. Removing your first reaction to the empathetic reaction.
1: Yeah, so the first reaction is, oh, damn it, I'm all messed up. How come she didn't think that it was, why didn't she put the water filter in and bleed the system? Yeah. As opposed to, she didn't really do it on purpose. She got busy Do doing... she actually put the water filter in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And she did not bleed it because to get me wet, it just happened, it's just an accident.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's what we have to behave
0: as interesting so it's almost like it's just taking a step back from the situation from your initial reaction and kind of just judging it from a different perspective it is you know one of
1: our coaches uh, last week shared a really interesting analogy he goes you know you have a a glass of water yeah it's full of clear clear water right yeah nice and pure water all of a sudden you put one drop of blue dye in that water So first of all, before you do that, that clear water is your purity, is authentic self you are, Mm -hmm. the positive person, the joyful, alive person you are. And all of a sudden, that blue dot goes in and that's that anger, that person on the left shoulder, just the devil coming in and muddies up that clear water. Oh, yeah. Now you have one of two options. First option, dump out that water, start start all over, or... Your muscle memory is so strong that you keep putting, keep on putting clear water to get rid of that blue dot.
0: Hmm. You choose which one you want to do. Oh, okay. So let's start with the first option of pouring everything out. Okay. Like, what what would you mean by that? Pouring the whole thing out, the, pouring the whole water.
1: Yeah. But think about it. Like, you've worked so hard to build your character, who you are today. Yeah would you really want to start all over again today? Just because of one person saying one bad thing to you.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. This yeah. is one person. Yeah.
1: The first reaction when I use this analogy, a lot of people, they say, ah, yeah, I'll just throw it all over. I'll start all over, start all over again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm 54 years old. I'm not starting my life all over again. <laughs> Dude, no way. I'm enjoying my life right now. I'm not starting it all over. Mm-hmm. I'm building my muscle memory to get that blue dot to deflect out of here. Like you want to come in, you want a money of my daughter, my day? go ahead, but I'm putting more cleaner water in to get you out faster.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: what you need to be doing.
0: Okay. So, yeah, essentially just kind of building that muscle memory to always just take a step back and just analyze it from a different perspective instead of always giving in to the first reaction of something happening.
1: Yeah, and you know, Joseph, I'm sure you, you have these first reactions always um, in every aspect of life. We all do. Mm-hmm. It's how we react to them are we patient with them do we acknowledge and are we empathetic to that situation mm-hmm. a lot of us think about ourselves first as opposed to putting ourselves in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and bob berg a good mentor and friend of mine has a book called the goal givers and one of his laws in, in that book is the law of influence
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: putting the other person's interests first
0: Putting the other person's interests first. Okay, I see. Now, is that I'm assuming that's applicable in like business and leadership, right? Just putting other people first.
1: It's applicable in life. Okay. Just think about that. Think about mm-hmm. um, if you're if you have a partner or you're married. If you just put their interests first in that conversation, as opposed to yourself, how much better the relationship would be
0: it'd probably be way better because you can find you can probably understand where they're coming from.
1: Well, they're going to appreciate you coming from their perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to from your perspective. I, I see. Conversation. So, you know, uh, that old adage, it's black or white, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, no, this is gray. It's yeah. Gray in everything. Um, there's this analogy that uh, I've been uh, taught is the yes and analogy. So if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I don't agree with that person, Mm -hmm. I will always go, yes, I agree with that portion. Just, I want to agree just with 10%, 10%. Yeah. If you're, if you're arguing black and I'm arguing white, I will say, yes, Joseph, you're right. It is black. Mm -hmm. However, in a different light, sometimes I see not only black, but I also see gray. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't discount. No, it's not black. I agreed it's black, but I also said in other ways, sometimes I see it as a different color. I see. So by doing the yes and and agreeing with 10% of what you said, I'm actually asking you to drop your guard as well. I'm allowing the conversation of a battle happen back and forth. We're going to dance back and forth. 10% here, 10% there, all of a sudden we're meeting halfway.
0: I see. I see. Okay. So that kind of just avoids like the conflict, right? You know, it's like you're not seeing eye to eye because if you're just 100% of one camp and you're on the 100% of the other camp, then nothing kind of correlates. You can't really just see each other's perspective, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, in my book, there's a conversation, there's a chapter on conflict and I address okay. this in there. And man, in when I had my IT company, it was my way or the highway.
0: Mm-hmm. Really? Okay.
1: That was it. It was it was my way or the highway. I'm the owner. I'm the boss. This is the way we we're doing things, and that was the biggest detriment of my business.
0: Okay, and I
1: learned from that.
0: So let's talk about that. So your way or the highway. Like, where did that kind of mindset come from, though? Was it just because you had this company and at you just and like you're at the top means you can kind of dictate where this goes, or?
1: Well, you're opening a whole can of worms here. It's, it's a conversation that starts when I was ten years old. Okay. Well, actually it starts when I was three years old. Um, So I'll I'll, I'll I'll start with that. At three years old, my dad passed away. Mm. Um, And at five, my grandfather passed away. Ever since they both passed away, all I kept on hearing is you're just like your dad, you're motivated, you're driven, you're successful. My dad was really, dad was 34 and he was really successful at that point. And you're gonna be just like your dad. So now I'm living the shadow of being like my dad. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 10, Uh, coming to Canada as an immigrant. My teacher asked me to stand up and share my immigration story. English wasn't my first language. As soon as I get up there, the kids started laughing as I started speaking. One of the kids yells, go back to where you came from. Second kid yells, go back to where you came from. Kids started laughing. The teacher teacher didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and started crying. The next day, the life of Licky with a stutter started because I don't belong. I'm not good enough. Yeah. So I had a stutter for 35 years of my life Mm. because of that one moment. All I did from that moment onwards was trying to prove myself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Everybody's telling me I'm like my dad. So I need to be like that. Yeah, I was proving hard, fighting every way, which way, fighting with my mom, fighting with my brothers, fighting with my friends. Just trying to prove that I belonged. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is when somebody's trying to prove some, prove, prove themselves? How obnoxious, obnoxious to become? Quite. Right, and that was me. I mm-hmm. didn't know that, and nobody had the guts to tell me this. I didn't see myself as that way. I just saw myself as ah, like he's good. Mm-hmm. But that's what caused. Uh, conflict situation for me is my way the highway because mm-hmm. I had to prove myself so you know I went through high school I got into fights and I dropped out of high school in grade 11 okay this just, just wasn't for me I actually quit when I did my own thing and started my own companies and I had multiple companies by then and did well mm-hmm. did well is such a <sighs> what does did well mean what does success mean did that mean because I had X amount of dollars in the bank and I did well uh, monetary wise I did well no I actually hurt a lot of people on the way mm-hmm. and that's the part that really affected me is when I started realizing the people I stepped over that would have been incredible partners for me mm-hmm. we could have had a different empire right now as opposed to what I had which I, I sold I did I did okay with it mm-hmm. it wasn't what was out to be created Deep inside, I knew what I was creating, but the way I was behaving was totally the opposite. We had the best intentions. I had the best intentions of help, helping my employees. I had the best intentions of loving and caring for them. Yeah. I would care for them, but not the way they needed to be cared for.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And that was a hard
0: part. Okay. So explain that. So you cared for them, but not in the way that they should be cared for.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I cared for them. We would have lunches together. We would have pizzas together. We would go out, we would talk. I would sit down with them and just chat with them. But when it came to business, it was like, just get on with this, get on with this, get on with it. You know, and I was really pushing them hard. I wasn't hundred percent active with them. Um, You know, one of the things I teach my leaders right now is when somebody comes into your office now, And this is a a routine that I set up at my IT company near the end when I started becoming a little bit more self-aware and started doing some personal development, Mm -hmm. which was, say hi to every single person that comes into your building. Hmm. Look them in their eyes and say, how are you doing, Joseph? What's going on today?
0: Oh man, I love it when they do that.
1: And genuinely mean it. Mm -hmm. Because you can tell a lot by looking at somebody's eyes and being present to their situation. Because you could have had a bad fight with your partner, your dog could have died, your parents could be sick, and that'll all show up in your being. Mm-hmm. And I'm really present with you. And if I really cared as a leader, I would allow you to experience that and talk to you through that. And then after a couple of minutes, then get into the work if needed. If not, stay in that moment. And that's when you see leadership styles change. I started doing that at Matrix uh, near the end of my uh, uh, my career at IT With IT, with, uh, when I had Matrix. Uh, we had that rule. You come into my you come into Matrix, you come and say hi to me last. When you leave, you come and say bye to me last because I want to make sure you're not taking any of the work crap home because mm-hmm. I want you to enjoy your work and not take, take your work home.
0: I see. Okay, so it's basically kind of getting them to know on a personal level, right, in that sense, just acknowledging that they're there, acknowledging that, you know, they, they're, they're more than just an employee. They're human, right? They matter. Yeah. They matter. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Joseph, you know, there's a, a part that we're all missing here. And you yeah. know, talk a little bit about blind spots. And Yes. Uh, one of the things in my book, and I write openly about, is my anxiety and depression. Okay. Uh, i battled anxiety and depression for many years. And that's mainly because I wasn't aware of my blind spots. The moment I started becoming aware and being authentic to myself, my anxiety and depression started going away
0: oh interesting
1: yeah mm-hmm. the behavior that i was causing myself to be like the high performance that i wanted to be i couldn't get there because my perceptions were wrong mm-hmm. my perceptions were wrong causing me anxiety so it's a vicious circle yes yeah. depression perception behavior mm-hmm. high performance yeah it was just a Vicious cycle and the moment i started just slowing it down and really being present to who i was and what I was aware of and you know, my behaviors and my actions, everything sort of unravel and my anxiety and depression started to go away.
0: Wow. Darn. And, and, and that's just being aware of your blind spots, essentially, right? Being aware of who you really are. Well,
1: it is. Uh, but somebody really close to me mm-hmm. at that point uh, called out my depression.
0: Oh, just like that? Called it out like
1: that? And they said, I want to take, make sure that you go to the doctors to get some help for your depression. I go, I don't have depression. Are you nuts?" Yeah. I couldn't ever admit that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got angry. And I shut that person out of my life for a few months. Mm-hmm. Then I started realizing that there was some truth to that. There was truth to that. My behavior, my anger was caused by anxiety. Okay. Anger was caused from that moment of 10 years old when I was told you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. So all these things started unraveling in my mind. I started working through them and just being aware. And today I'm here every morning looking for my own blind spots now. Now I've got a muscle memory for looking at my own stuff.
0: So, it's, so it's basically something that you actively do on a daily basis to look at those blind spots in your personality, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you've kind of integrated that time in, right?
1: Well, it's it's not a it's not a routine like my gratitude journal and my you know my uh, I have a cheerleading journal and a oh. journal. I, I don't uh, I don't have a BS journal. Yeah. but I am aware of my behaviors and how they're impacting others mm-hmm. because of what I'm trying to be as long as I'm authentic to myself and being who I am trying to be because of who that's who I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I am who I am and I can't call out somebody else's BS, that means I'm not being who I am. I see. I'm I'm very um, uh, upfront about Mm -hmm. some things with some people, but that's authentically me. Yeah. I want them to be incredible human beings. And the moment I behave to protect others, mm-hmm. then my own blind spots are coming in. So if I'm trying to protect somebody from being hurt, what's my blind spot in that? What is it that about me that I'm not being authentic to protect myself from that person being hurt?
0: Wow. And yeah, I never thought.
1: That's those those are the questions I ask.
0: Wow, oh, I never thought of it like that. To be honest, <laughs> like I always is kind of I'm always like, you know what? I don't know too much about this person or like i'm always in that mindset like what do i know about this person to be honest to call them out like or it might just hurt them that's the always the thing that comes in my head it's like what do i know to call this person out
1: sure but let me ask you yeah what comes up for you when you don't call that person out what are the reasons that come up
0: it's either i don't know what i'm i feel like i don't know what i'm talking about about that person i don't know them too well there's stuff behind the scenes that there could be why they're acting that way or i just don't want to hurt their feelings that's kind of the three things that always circles in my mind
1: okay so there's rule number one yeah you never call out anybody else's blind spots unless they're giving permission to Oh, okay i see right mm-hmm. yeah um up until now joseph you haven't given me permission to call out your blind spots so oh you, you never oh. call out your blind spot
0: oh you can do it man
1: Okay, no, no, but I'm just saying yeah. I, oh, I would never. Oh, I see. That's just that's just I I wouldn't cross that boundary because <laughs> uh, we've only known each other 37 minutes now, and yeah. it's not it's not right for me to do that because I don't think I'm, i have the right place to do that until mm-hmm. and I, only if you ask me to, then I would ask you more probing questions. I see. We would get into, but if it's a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I see some behavior that's there that's really shining yeah i would say hey bro um do i have permission to call something out on you oh i see yes or no
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's a yes then i go in and i call it out if it's a no i back off Mm -hmm. i I respect you thank you
0: i see so you you ask that initial permission first you just don't call them out right away like that
1: yes that's not right i mean yeah can you imagine somebody calling you out just they don't even know you
0: yeah, I've seen that done before. I'm like, who the heck are you to tell me? Like, who are you? I don't even know you. Yeah.
1: And, you know, they may there may be some validity to what they're calling out on. Mm-hmm. They may see something that it's pretty evident, but you they don't have the permission. Mm-hmm. And this is where the book came in, the assessment came in. I used to do keynotes on blind spots. So yes. So imagine me being on stage, talking for an hour around blind spots. People are... Excited, they entice. They get, they get the concept. But now what? They were left with. Now what do I do? Yeah. So even after this podcast, they're gonna say, "Great, what do I do now?" <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I'm kind of lost, and that's what I was feeling. And I, I used to love doing keynotes, but then I would say near the end of the keynote, "Please call me if you want some help." So I'd have hundred people calling me, and I couldn't manage that either. Yeah. So, I had to rethink that. So then I came up with some team workshops and some, some group workshops and I started doing coaching. But what really impacted people was this assessment that we have. I have a blind blind spot assessment that if you go to lickylabg.com, and there's an assessment in there, it's a four minute assessment. They can take it and literally it highlights some potential blind spots for themselves. I see. Now, It's not intrusive. I'm not calling it out. Nobody else is calling it out. You have an option to read it in your own privacy. And that's up to you to what you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. What I found is the moment they read it, it highlighted some things that they, they were aware of, some of the behaviors they were aware of. And then they moved on to, okay, now I need some more help. Now I need to understand why this is the case. So if I give you an analogy of myself and my wife, my wife is very analytical. So in my assessment, her uh, label is analyzer. Mm-hmm. My label is connector, who's a storyteller, motivator, right? That's who I am. Yeah. So I'd be driving around. I'd see the 67 Mustang, beautiful yellow Mustang. I would call her up and say, look what I just saw. And she's like, oh, crap. Who's going to go buy another car? <laughs> And I'm not. Yeah. I'm just saying, look what I just saw, or I'd see this Harley, or I'd see this boat. I just love exper- experiencing things and just seeing what, what sticks on the wall. Okay, so I like this Mustang, so can I really well, now, you know what? I shouldn't buy it because we don't have like priority money-wise or space or time, but I like throwing stuff on the wall just to check it out, right? Yeah, for sure. But she never got that. She just thought I would, I'm ready to buy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the different opposite side of the that would be, I would call her up and say, hey, let's go on a holiday. And she'd be like, yeah, great. And the next day I'd get this 30 page email about Hawaii, how nice the sand is in Hawaii and what we're gonna do for the 11 days that we're out there and all this detail. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We never went to Hawaii, Oh, way too much detail. I couldn't even get past all the 30 pages because mm-hmm. I didn't get what I needed. I just wanna know how much and when. Yeah. So now, now that we've communicated with each other, when she sends me an email on holidays, it's, we're going to Hawaii for 12 days and it costs us this much. And then the 30 page email. Mm-hmm. She's communicating the way I need her to communicate. And I'm communicating the way I need her to communicate. Mm-hmm. We're actually balanced now. Right? I we're see. able to communicate. So blind spots, when you're able to see what people's styles are, how they are, are they fast paced? Are they slow paced? Are they people oriented? Are they guarded? Once you know where they fit in, then you can communicate with the way they need to. I Imagine, see. imagine a salesperson knowing what the style of the other person is in front of you. Mm-hmm. If they're an analyzer, if, and if you're a salesperson, you better be giving them a lot of detail. Oh yeah. If they're a connector, you better be creating a nice vision of what that new purchase is going to look like for them moving down the road. Because if you give the connector a lot of detail, you'll lost that sale. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, if you give the analyzer a lot of storytelling, you'll lost that sale.
0: I see. So it's super interesting because you're basically tailoring that, the way you communicate that information onto certain people, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Now that obviously applies into leadership, especially with a team, right? Like understanding your team and tailoring that communication style to them is super key to this, right? It is. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's eight styles that we've defined in our assessment. Yeah. And once you can categorize your team members in those eight styles, you can communicate with them so efficiently and effectively that you build this cohesive team. And this okay. is not, when I say teams, it could be workplace, it could be even your home.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It could be your friends.
0: I see. So this doesn't just apply to like your, like your business team it applies to basically everything else, right? Your core group of friends, your family members.
1: Correct. You know, in my book, it's a little bit of hindsight. The book is labeled death by BS, navigating your blind spots to become a better leader. Mm -hmm. And in my world, everybody's
0: a leader. Okay. Explain that. Well, Mm -hmm.
1: you right now are leading this podcast. Thank you. You're a leader. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I, I, I get, yeah, sure. Somebody at
1: home is leading the household. They're mm-hmm. a leader. Somebody is leading a project. They're a leader. Mm-hmm. Somebody's leading people. They're a leader. Mm-hmm. Every single person is a leader of some sort in some aspect of their life. Oh. You God. need to deal with your blind spots to become a better leader in whatever you're deal- doing. Mm.
0: I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right, man. Cause like just being aware of the things you do is super important anyways, because sometimes I think you can just do stuff without even thinking about it. It's almost like a subconscious kind of act, right? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I just want to talk about the books in the background though. So, cause I've noticed that you're an avid reader of, of sorts. Uh, so there's your own book and there's a whole bunch of other books. So I was wondering like how you kind of like got into reading so many books.
1: Well, uh, interesting. So remember I said earlier that I was a high school dropout. Yes. So in grade nine was the book that I read, which was The Outsiders.
0: Oh yeah. Pony, Pony Boy Curtis. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... Um, that was probably the last book I read until I read The Goal givers by Bob Berg. And that was this book here, which was given to me by a good friend of mine. And this book was read in one evening. And I was not a reader before. I would read a chapter. And then I said, I know it all. I don't need to read <laughs> like How many times have you picked up a book and you've read it for the first few pages? Ah, I know the rest. I don't need to finish it. That was me. But after I read this book, I realized that there was so much that I needed to learn. So I started um, audio booking, listening to audiobooks. But with audiobooks, you're listening to them and you have your mind going somewhere else because you're not totally present. Yeah. When I read a book, I had that hard copy in front of me and then I listened to it as well. I had a little bit of ADHD, ADD going on. So... I need the two senses to work together for me to concentrate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So every day I pick up my book and listen to my audiobook and I go step by step and I get through the books. So these books um, have all, they've all helped me. They've all enlightened me in certain aspects. Um, so my hyper achiever is I just wanna read a book. I just wanna accomplish something. Yeah. So every, every few days I used to go through a book uh, I, I've stopped that right now because I'm more into writing my own books. So I got my second book being written right now, as opposed to uh, reading books. So good I, stuff, I, man.
0: It's your book, second
1: though. book. Yeah. Second book is on, you know, it's being written right now. I'm not going to give it a, give it a timeline yet. We'll see how, how far we got.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Cause I know, cause I, there are like, there's a saying where a lot of good entrepreneurial leaders read a lot of books, mm-hmm. right? There's obviously merit into that, and is that just for the, and like what would be the reason for that though? Let's say like for example, like myself, who's not really a big reader, but sees a lot of these successful people reading on a daily basis. Like what's like what are they getting out of those books as opposed to not reading?
1: A little bit of a golden gem in every single book. Oh yeah. A little bit of a golden nugget in every single book. A little <laughs> bit of motivation in every single book. A little bit of a how-to in every single book. I have learned in every single book that I've read something. And uh, you know, you, you take action from it, you do something with it, you create your own IP around it. It becomes who you are as a person. We just, I mean, you can go to school, you can go get a degree, and it's a methodological mm-hmm. way of learning. I I don't discount uh, education at all. I think education is really important. And there's the education from learning from others, mm-hmm. which from the books. These are from the leaders that have actually been down and dirty and gone through stuff. Chip Wilson's got this book. You know, Chip Wilson? Is? Oh yeah. The Lululemon guy, right? Lululemon guy. He's got yeah. this incredible book, right? Uh, Simon Sinek, you know, uh, start with why mm-hmm. uh, Bob Berg, the go-givers methodology, Patrick Lencioni, death by meeting uh, five dysfunctions of a team. These are books that just, you know, get me going. The 5am club. I don't know if you've read the, uh, Robin Sharma's 5 A.M. Club. No, I haven't. That was my shift. That was the shift of my life as well. Um, Wake up at 5 A.M. and start your day. Okay. Still sleeping.
0: Okay, so 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 let's start with that. So, because I know I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where a lot of like a lot of these um, entrepreneurs and a lot of uh, some of these business people wake up at four o'clock and they go for a run. They wake up at five o'clock and go for a jog.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, so what's the mentality behind that? Like, what's the reasoning behind starting getting um, up so early?
1: Robin Sharma says the 5 a.m. club. Here's the book right here. Right. Ooh, nice. He goes that your mind needs to get some cortisol shot and dopamine shot first thing in the morning. Okay. So he recommends 20 minutes of hard cardio mm-hmm. first thing. Yeah. Then 20 minutes of reflection time, journaling, yoga, meditation, and then 20 minutes of personal development, reading, podcasting, YouTube, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I'm on that habit, I would say 70% of the week. Yeah. I, I, I can't do it all the time, but I try and do it 70% of the week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now five days, five days a week, four days that, a week sometimes. And the days I do it, my days are incredible. Yeah. I'm a hyper I'm getting work done. Um, but I'm also very calm about on those days. The days I don't do it, I'm all over the map. I'm just mm-hmm. grasping for the air. I'm just grasping for things. But it's it was this book that actually helped me create a morning routine that created a weekly routine that created a monthly routine that allowed me to grow personally person mm-hmm. that I am.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm actually kind of the same way when it comes to my morning workouts, like uh, now it's the summertime. We usually sprint up the hill every morning and it yeah. just feels so good to kind of get back. And it's like seven o'clock and you have a shower, and then I go up and start work. But man, like it was, it was, it was, it was good, man. Like learning, just getting that exercise out in the morning, man. <laughs> but I want to ask you this, like how long did it take you to kind of establish that sort of morning routine? Because I know like habits break off pretty easily in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um, he actually says 21 days is minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes, well, I know for a fact, it takes 21 days to even think about a habit. It takes nine months to become that habit. Yeah. So what I've done, started doing is I've started creating groups called the 5AM club. Oh, we okay. have accountability group, So I have WhatsApp chats happening every morning of people in our 5AM club sharing what they're up to, what they're doing. And what the day looks like and they can start setting it up at five or eight doesn't really matter as long as they check in every day my habit is i don't check my phone until about 8 a.m oh i don't i have a second phone for my apps Mm -hmm. and i have the second phone also for my exercising and my monitoring but my emails my social media none of that's on that phone oh (laughs) i know the moment i go check my email i'm going this rabbit hole of let me just get into work (laughs) <laughs> so this phone here stays downstairs. I have a phone upstairs that's just for apps and my alarm clock.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you don't keep your, f- so I'm assuming you don't keep your phone in this, like your actual phone in the same room, right? When you wake up, right?
1: It's, out, it's outside the room.
0: Yeah. That's what I've noticed too. Like every time I wake up, I just, I'm just on my phone. Yeah. Look at that. Darn. Yeah. That's, it's a tricky goal. It's a rabbit hole, man. <laughs> it
1: is. Like, but again, what are you trying to, why? Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you. Yes, please. If you're going to your phone, what are you looking for? What hit do you need to make yourself feel better? What do you think is going to be on that phone that you need to react to? Is it a business sale? Is it somebody on the podcast? Is it a girlfriend? Is it a boyfriend? Is it a friend? Is it a parent? What is it that's getting on there? What is that you're looking for?
0: For me, yeah, it would be, be WhatsApp messages that I'll be missing. Like sometimes it'd be for my girlfriend that I'm missing because sometimes I what, sleep what are you pretty great. missing?
1: What are you missing? What are you looking for? What do you need first thing in the morning from that person that you can't find within yourself?
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Take a deep breath and think about that, is that. We go and look for something in somebody else. Whatever she has to say can wait till 8 a.m. unless it's an emergency. Mm hmm. Whatever she has to say, good, bad, or ugly, yeah. Mm hmm. But we as human beings, we'll pick up that phone and get our hit. Yeah, and Our entire day is on that hit.
0: You're right. I mean, honestly, man, it's so weird that this piece of metal is just controlling so much of my life, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, tried, I've been trying to actively learn to get away from it, man. But it, it is tough. It is tough.
1: Well, uh, you know, I want to bring back the depression <laughs> and anxiety on this uh, mm-hmm. conversation because... Being, when I went through my anxiety and depression, the phone was the first thing I had to cut out. The social media was the first thing I had to cut out. Okay. Because everybody else's lives are so perfect, isn't mine.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Trying to be like somebody else. Hey, why are they not liking my stuff? Hey, why are they not reaching out to me? They're reaching out to somebody else. It's that conversation in my head that was happening around everybody else's behaviors. And the moment I cut that out, life just changed.
0: Just cutting out that social media, right?
1: For that moment.
0: Yeah, for that moment. Not,
1: then, then realizing what social media does.
0: Okay. So what does it do exactly? Because it seems to have such a like a multifaceted use. Like for me, it'd be my messages. It'd be my newsfeed. It'd be the way I communicate with my friends. It'd just be a lot of it for entertainment. Like I go on Instagram all the time just for pure entertainment. Yeah. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, nothing wrong with that. A lot of us watch TV for the same purpose. There's mm-hmm. soap operas. There's drama shows. There's... You know, Gray's an anime for a reason. Yeah. They're all good things. They're all okay. Mm-hmm. But am I addicted to watching TV 24 7? Oh. Am I having to be on Instagram 24 7? Mm-hmm. Do I need to see how many people like my post? Do I need to see what everybody else is eating for lunch and breakfast? The
0: last thing I'm obsessed about is like, is like people liking posts. Like, how much traction am I getting? Like, how much views am I getting? Ah, good, mm-hmm. good one. That's, 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 do you mind if we go down the rabbit hole? Oh, d- yeah, dude, absolutely.
1: Why is that important to
0: you? Because for me, it showcases if I'm getting enough hits on like my certain video for, or if my podcast is growing or if the content is good enough, because I'm assuming that the more amount of likes I get or the more amount of views I get means that it's either growing or my content is fire. If it's not, then... Do you make... honestly
1: think that the likes equate to how good your product is?
0: See, I, I, I know it's not true, but I always convince myself that it is. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's giving you a bit of a dopamine hit. Yeah. Every like does that. I invite you to think about this: that the like doesn't equate to the actual activity of a podcast. Mm-hmm. The podcast shifting people's lives equates to that. So. My book sales are important to me. I don't care if I sell one book or a million copies. I don't care. What I care about is the person reaching out to me and saying, you impacted my life. Thank you for reading this and giving this to my friend. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanna hear. I still actually, we launched on October, on March 31st. If you ask me how many books I've sold, I have no clue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I mean, Amazon tells me. I don't. I don't look at. I don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you ask me, how many comments have we had? How many people have said they loved it? How many people said that they? I have a full report on that. Oh yeah, right. That's what you should be looking at. The
0: mm-hmm. likes
1: and um, the likes on our posts. You know, and I'm, I'm one to blame as well. I'll mm-hmm. go through somebody. I know somebody. I'll just like it. I would not even read it. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that if I like your post? Are you assuming that I've read it and I really like it? Or am I just liking it because it's a habit?
0: Yeah. See, I always like to assume that you've read it and you liked it or you watched the video and you liked it. But that I always know full well that like they can just like it for the sake of liking it.
1: Yeah, but you're yeah. you're looking for some self gratification. Yes. From that like. Yeah. Now, I invite you to think about what's missing that you need that. Mm-hmm. Is it the scarcity mindset coming in that hey the like could equate to more business? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's something to think about for me. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. But nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with social media if it's utilized for the right purposes. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media. I would probably say probably two or three hours a day right now. Yeah, and that's mainly because of responding to messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I will look at the first ten feeds because I can't go, I mean, the amount of connections I have, I can't go through everybody's feeds. I'd be, I'd be on it all day. So I look at the first 10, any of my mentions, I look at any message, direct messages come to me. I look at, right away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, there's three hours gone right there every day.
0: Damn. All right. lucky. Uh, so this is wrap it up here. Um, so in terms of death by BS, when, where can they get the book?
1: You know what? Go to Amazon. Just type in death by BS and mm-hmm. it will come up right away or look it up under Licky Labgy and you can also go to lickylabgy.com to get our free assessment if you want to uh, find out your own blind spots
0: cool and any way to get a physical copy of the book or what do you mean like in terms of a physical copy of the book, like oh my gosh, I'm sorry, yo, I, yeah, sorry, just t- totally missed that mark right there. <laughs> you,
1: that, you can get the you can get the physical book uh, uh, on Amazon, yeah. on our website, uh, you can actually download and get the first 20 pages at no cost. Um, you can also get the assessment at no cost.
0: Cool, and all that will be in the link below, Licky. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. You're Thanks a lot, Joseph. Appreciate it. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, if you really gained some insight on life, give it some love, like, comment, share, do what you can, love you guys, and see you in the next episode.